It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked on Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. And we return here on another Purple Friday episode with some great Purple Friday news that happened yesterday for the Ravens as they re-signed linebacker LJ Fort to a one-year contract. Now, this comes after... The Ravens end up releasing LJ Ford, or not technically releasing him, but not picking up his option. And this was a move that surprised a lot of different people because LJ Ford had played extremely well in a Baltimore Ravens uniform over the past one and a half seasons he was in Baltimore, but now he returns and he is going to be a Baltimore Raven in 2021. So we're going to talk about what this signing means for the Ravens, the Baltimore depth chart at inside linebacker and what it means for the Ravens team in general. And then in the second and third segments, we're going to be getting into some mock drafts that we received from Twitter, just rounding out the week again. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get to everybody's this week because we had a great guest yesterday in Nick Stallworth from Siena Heights University. If you haven't checked out that podcast, be sure to do it because it was great to chat with him. But we just got so many mock drafts and we've been getting so many mock drafts. And again, I do read every single one, but I'm not entirely sure I'll be able to get to every single one here today. So if your mock draft isn't read out here, be sure to keep submitting mock drafts under my mock draft Sunday tweets that I put out on Twitter. So again, to recap, we'll take a look at the LJ Fort signing for the Ravens and what it means in the grand scheme of things in the first segment. And then in the second segment and the third segment, we'll be taking a look at mock drafts that we received from Twitter. So with all that being said, let's get right into it here. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere there's a podcast where they're waiting for you Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens and my personal account at KOSTRECKER34. For any Ravens news, analysis, updates, historical perspectives, free agency updates, draft updates, trade updates, and much, much more. So with all that being said, let's jump right into it here. Starting off with the LJ Fort news, where the Ravens sign LJ Fort to a one-year deal worth $1.1 million with a cap hit of $987,000. And this deal, again, is great for the Ravens. Part of the whole thing with why did the Ravens let LJ Fort go a couple of weeks ago was because of the fact that they wanted to save some money. And, you know, at the time, I I was a little confused as to why they would let go of such a productive player at such a low salary. Fort was scheduled to make around $2.25 million in 2021 if 
all had remained the same with his contract, but the Ravens said, you know what? We need that money. We're going to end up saying goodbye to you here, but they left the door open and it was reported at the time of his release that he could return for it, could return to the Ravens on a cheaper contract. And that's exactly what happened here. And this is a great move for the Ravens for two reasons. One, they get back a very productive player who plays both defense and special teams at a very high level. But for the Ravens, this goes a bit deeper than that because while they did save some money here, you know, 987000 compared to $2.25 million in terms of a cap hit is pretty good savings, all things considered. But they get a leader back in their locker room. Fort is 31 years old. He turned 31 in January. And he's a leader. He's a leader on the defense. And especially in a linebacker room that without Fort would have been looking extremely, extremely young. He was a guy who I think really helped out Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, Chris Board, Otara Alaka, Kristen Welch. That linebacker room, you know, it has some studs in there. It has some potential in there. But I think Fort is that balancing presence. And, you know, my idea for replacing LJ Fort, I was thinking, could it be a Vince Williams who was cut by the Steelers? Again, kind of like the wide receiver room, they needed a veteran in that room to be able to teach, to be able to lead, to be able to lead by example, really. And for me, I think Fort is a phenomenal fit for that role. And, you know, ultimately, if the Ravens had lost Fort, I think it would have been a very big mistake to save that $2.25 million because what are the Ravens doing with that $2.25 million if Fort does end up leaving? But he ends up returning all is well in Baltimore and getting into his actual on-field stats for the Ravens in his one and a half seasons in Baltimore, has played in 26 games across the board, has had 53 total tackles along with two sacks, two fumble recoveries, three passes defensed, and a bunch of interceptions that have been taken away from him. Fort does not have an interception in his Baltimore career, but has had, I think, two or three taken away either by penalty or by out-of-bounds calls. And so Fort is someone who's always around the football. He is a very good run defender, and he was one of the Ravens' best defenders, in my opinion, over the course of the beginning of the 2020 season. And then I think his play dropped off a tiny bit, but still not enough to warrant a release or an option not being picked up or anything. I think Fort has a ton of potential to continue to build off of what he has already built in the Baltimore Ravens locker room on the field for the team. Right, I think this is just a fit all around. Fort obviously loves it in Baltimore. He posted a series of tweets, and I think that he is a perfect fit. And so again... With Baltimore moving on from him, it was a question, you know, is LJ Fork going to sign elsewhere? Did the Ravens lose out on a very productive player, but they end up getting him back on this one-year deal, so he'll be in Baltimore for at least the 2021 season. Now, with Fort and his return does make some playing time crunches a thing in the linebacker room, because let's say LJ Fort did leave. There were some possibilities that Fort might have, you know, taken away some snaps from Malik Harrison and taken away some snaps from Chris Board or in Artara Locker or Kristen Welch. And now that Fort has returned, those roster crunches and those things now become a reality because, in all honesty, it's pretty safe to say that Patrick Queen, Chris Board, Malik Harrison, and LJ Fort are all safe on the Ravens roster. Now, you have two special team studs, in my opinion, in Otara Alaka and Kristen Welch. I think they are going to keep five inside linebackers on the roster, but are they going to give the spot to Alaka or Welch? I think that's what this move for the Ravens will determine. You know, there's going to be a battle, I think, for that fifth inside linebacker spot. 
On the field, I think Fort still takes away snaps from Malik Harrison, but I do think Harrison gets more playing time than last year, which ultimately I think takes away from Fort's snap count. So, you know, all things considered, Malik Harrison is, I guess, a quote-unquote loser of this move because he is losing playing time on the field. But I still think that the Ravens are going to begin to not push for out, but begin to give more snaps to Malik Harrison in this situation. Because in reality, you know, the future of the Ravens linebacker room is with Pretra Queen and Malik Harrison. Those are the two future studs, and I think that's what the Ravens envisioned when they drafted them in the first and third rounds, respectively, in the 2020 draft. So what does Fort bring for this year? I think, honestly, just stability. I think that's the main thing here. Baltimore lost a bunch of key contributors on defense, including Yannick Ngakwe, Matthew Judon, to name a few. And I think keeping the defense together, which really, I think, found its stride late in the season and moving into the playoffs... I think that's what this team needs, and with the additions of some draft prospects in there, potentially some more free agent signings, we could see this defense take off to another level that we haven't seen in many, many years, especially if Calais Campbell can stay healthy for a full season, if Brandon Williams can stay healthy for a full season, can Tavon Young stay healthy for a full season. Those are all big, big factors here, and even Jimmy Smith, can there be a full season of Jimmy Smith? Injuries happen all across the league. The Ravens are going to have some injuries but they have built this defense very well. I still think they do need a few more additions, but I think the addition of Fort, or I guess the re-addition of Fort, gives the Ravens options all across the board. So I'm very happy that the Ravens were able to get this deal done and that LJ Fort did not leave Baltimore because I think, you know, Fort, he was one of the highest graded linebackers from PFF, especially early in the year. And again, how much stock you put into PFF, you know, it's different for everybody. But he was getting recognized for his on-field performance. And for someone who does play linebacker on defense very well, for someone who can play special teams very well, the Cleveland Browns in week one of 2020 attempt that fake punt. LJ Fort sniffs it out. I think almost the entire special teams unit was fooled by it. LJ Fort sniffs it out hit sticks the punter, forces a fumble, he makes those plays and those ultimately can turn in to game-winning plays. So Fort stays with the Ravens on a one-year deal worth $1.1 million of the cap hit of $987,000 and he will be welcomed back into Baltimore's locker room with open arms. We're going to head into our first break now, but when we return, we're going to be taking a look at some mock drafts that we received from Twitter, so stay tuned for that and we'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. There are real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline is you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting 
shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We are back with our second segment of this Purple Friday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher, your host, still talking with you here. And we're now going to jump into some mock trash that we received from Twitter for Mock Draft Monday. And we don't have a lot of these left, to be honest. We are here in April. It is April 2nd today. And the NFL Draft begins on April 29th. So I am really curious to see who the Ravens pick, first of all. But also, it's been really fun just to see how people's perceptions of the Ravens' draft needs, players they like, have changed over the course of these past month and a half, two months. It's been really interesting to watch and see. And every mock draft that we've gotten has a different twist on it, which I really, really like. So let's start off here with a mock draft from Akai, who says, my favorite so far, trade Orlando Brown Jr. in a sixth for 18, then trade that for more value picks in the second round, plus 27 for 29, same idea. Sneaky need at inside linebacker. 92 provides backup for Sammy if injured, even with Geno back, still get sleeper safety. Last two are progression players with special teams capability. So he does trade Orlando Brown Jr. in a round 6 22 selection to the Miami Dolphins for pick 18, and then he trades that pick four picks 45 77 and 118 so 18 for 45 77 and 118 then he trades pick 27 and receives picks 29 and 92 at pick 29 Azizo Jalari the edge out of Georgia is the selection Ronnie Perkins the edge from Oklahoma is the pick at 45 at 59 Liam Eichenberg the tackle from Notre Dame is the selection Jameen Davis the linebacker from Kentucky is the pick at 87 and in order to get 87 Akai trades pick 77 and receives 87 and around two in 2022 Cornell Powell the wide receiver from Clemson is the pick at 92 while Quinn Miners the center from Wisconsin Whitewater is the selection at 103 Tommy Tremble the tight end from Notre Dame is at 118 and at 132 Tal Hufanga the safety from USC is the selection there at 132 at 171 Tamari and Terry the wide receiver from Florida State is the pick and then at 211, Shamar Jean Charles, the cornerback from Appalachian State, is the selection. And then Akai trades pick 182 and receives a round five in 2022. So there's a lot to get through here. I like the trade value. I do. I think moving back two spots in the first from 27 to pick up an extra third round selection is great value. And taking Aziz Ojolari, who's one of my favorite pass rushers in this draft, I mean, there, there's been the jury's out on Aziz Ojolari, I feel like, in terms of. I can see him going anywhere from 20 to 26 in between before the Ravens pick. I can also see him being taken early in the second round, pick 34, pick 36. But I think Ojolari is a phenomenal prospect. I talked about him on my mock draft that I did for Mock Draft Sunday. And I think he would be a phenomenal pick for Baltimore at 27. So getting him at 29 is a great pick there. Ronnie Perkins, the edge, double dipping at edge for Akai here. And right now, the way the Ravens roster stands... They do need two more edge players, and so getting Ojolari and Perkins is a nice one-two duo there. With the trade over Orlando Brown, I think Liam Eichenberg is one of my favorite guys to replace him. I think he offers a lot that Orlando Brown does. And if the Orlando Brown Jr. trade does happen before the draft, they need to invest. Baltimore needs to invest 
in a tackle early. And then a lot of nice value picks. I like Jameen Davis a lot, a linebacker there. And then Cornell Powell, I think, is someone who the Ravens could utilize in a lot of different ways. Quinn Miners, getting a safety, a tight end, a wide receiver, a corner. The only one thing I'll say is that I do think the Ravens, as we talked about with Spencer on Tuesday's episode of Locked on Ravens, they have a bit of a roster crunch coming, especially if the team has to move around and potentially pick up more draft picks there and they decide to do that or if they decide to sign a couple more free agents there are going to be some really good players who they're going to have to get rid of so instead of trading back and receiving all these picks and that being it I could see the Ravens trading back for sure and making these moves for sure but then taking some of the late round day three picks maybe some late day two picks and maneuvering up the draft board again to secure a guy that they really like and don't want to risk missing out on. So the players in this mock draft I like a lot, but maybe taking 211, 171, 132, and moving up to maybe 104 or 99, maybe that could be something that happens. Who knows if a team takes that deal, but I'm just, you know, spitballing some ideas here. So overall, a very nice mock draft from Akai. I think it hits on a lot of key needs and doesn't overly reach for any one player. Next, we'll take a look at a mock draft from Tory Gundy, who has the Ravens trading pick 27 and receiving picks 42, 74, 96, and 115. And at pick 42, Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver from LSU, is the selection. Richie Grant, the safety from the University of Central Florida, is the pick at 59. While at 74, Brevin Jordan, the tight end from Miami, is the pick. And then we have Tyler Shelvin at pick 96, the defensive lineman from LSU. Quinn Miners, the center from Wisconsin. Whitewater is the pick at 103. At 115, Dante Smith, the tackle from East Carolina. Demetric Felton, the running back from UCLA, is the pick at 132. While at 171, Ellerson Smith, the edge out of Northern Iowa, is the pick. Patrick Johnson, the edge out of Tulane, is at 182. While guard from Notre Dame, Tommy Kramer, is the pick at 211. So I do want to start off and say in this one, getting Terrace Marshall at 42 is unbelievable value. Insanity when it comes to value, especially considering not just Terrace Marshall Jr., but you have all these different types of players here running sub 4440s, and that's just ridiculous. Like, Terrace Marshall Jr., I don't even think he makes it to 27, so getting him at pick 42, big props to Tory for doing that. Then at 59, Richie Grant, the safety. I mean, two guys in Marshall and Grant who are phenomenal football players and help the Ravens with immediate needs. And then Brevin Jordan, who is my favorite tight end in the class. I mean, these top three picks, what I've noticed is a lot of these mock drafts have amazing top three picks, taking advantage of the elite talent and then having solid depth throughout the rest of the draft. And that's exactly what Torrey has here because after Marshall Jr., Grant, and Jordan, Tyler Shelvin's a great value pick. Quinn Miners, I really like Patrick Johnson at one. 182. There are a ton of different guys here who can make the impacts. Now, I will say, I'll say the same thing I said with the Kai's mock draft in that maybe taking 211 and 182 and 171 and moving up could be within the Ravens' best interest, but that's not saying I don't like Ellerson Smith or Tommy Kramer or something like that because I do. But again, there are only 53 roster spots for a reason. Teams can't stack talent on talent, potential guys on potential guys. So eventually the Ravens are going to either have to move off of a draft pick that they just recently drafted, or they're going to have to make some trades. So 
If the Ravens roster stands as it is right now, I could see them making some moves up in the draft to be able to secure some guys they really like. But overall, this mock draft is phenomenal here by Tory. Really good players getting Lamar Jackson weapons here, rounding out the defense with depth here, getting Lamar Jackson some more protection. I mean, all in all, a very nice mock draft. Our next mock draft here comes from Johnny Boy, who has the Ravens trading a bunch both up and down in this mock draft, taking Jalen Phillips at pick 42, the edge from Miami, Landon Dickerson, the center out of Alabama as the pick at 53, Nico Collins, the wide receiver from Michigan as the pick at pick 60, while at pick 100, James Hudson, the tackle from Cincinnati is the selection, Bobby Brown, the defensive tackle from Texas A&M is the pick at 106, and at 133, Chauncey Golston, the edge out of Iowa is the selection and finally at 145 Tariq Thompson the safety from San Diego State is the selection so I mean looking back to Tory's mock draft what I said was phenomenal first three picks and then depth throughout the rest of the draft and Johnny Boy has done the exact same thing I love I love the first three picks and again Jalen Phillips at pick 42 is an absolute steal in all facets of that word steal Phillips is someone who had a phenomenal pro day for the University of Miami and I think he's going to be long gone before the Ravens pick at 27. So getting him at 42, I mean, that's great value there. Landon Dickerson, uh, the injury history, we've talked about it. It's very, very lengthy, but the player he is is phenomenal and he could provide some very nice protection for Lamar Jackson and open up some holes in the run game as well. Nico Collins, I talked about on Mock Draft Monday for my Mock Draft Sunday that I did on Twitter. And again, I, I like the potential. The Michigan passing game does guys no favors. And I think Collins has a ton of potential. He is just just beginning to tap into. And then down the rest of this draft, really nice depth at offensive tackle, defensive tackle, some more edge depth and safety, hitting on really nice key needs. Now, if Orlando Brown Jr. isn't traded, I don't know if the Ravens are going to take the route of drafting someone in the mid-rounds or signing someone like Ricky Wagner. It could be either or, and I'm honestly okay with both, but that part is going to be interesting to see. So a nice mock draft up and down the list here by Johnny Boy. We're now going to take a look at a mock draft from Brendan Ward, who has the Ravens taking Gregory Rousseau, the edge out of Miami at pick 27. At pick 58, Jaime Brown, the wide receiver from North Carolina, is the pick. Brevin Jordan, the tight end from Miami, is the pick at 104, while at 131, Wisconsin Whitewater Center, Quinn Miners is the pick. Spencer Brown, the tackle from Northern Iowa, is the pick at 171, while at 184, Adenokumpo Ogundeji, the edge from Notre Dame, is the selection, and at 210, Marquez Stevenson, the wide receiver from Houston, is the pick. Now, Gregory Russo, I think, is one of the most controversial players in this entire draft class. Did not have a great pro day at Miami. It was really a tale of two edges, or I'll, I'll say three, because Quincy Roche had a phenomenal pro day. Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche, great pro days for Miami. Gregory Rousseau, not so much. So I honestly think he has fallen out of the first round. And again, the perceptions and the ideas and everything with these players, they can change over the course of just months, weeks, even days. And with Rousseau, he is someone who I valued very highly. I think that... He could have been drafted anywhere from, I don't know, the pick where Washington has all the way up to Baltimore. And now with his pro day numbers and the tape and everything going back looking, I see him as a day two prospect in my opinion. So with Rousseau, I mean, I'd rather have Jalen Phillips. I'd rather have Aziz Ojolari, types of guys like those. Then at 58, Jaime Brown is a very nice pick. I think a really underrated guy, but I think we're going to see a run of wide receivers in the middle to late second round where they're just going to be player after player, wide receiver after wide receiver going. 
at the end of the second round. And then Brevin Jordan, I talked about my favorite tight end not named Kyle Pitts. So, you know, I, I, Pitts is on another planet. So I call Brevin Jordan my favorite tight end sometimes just on accident because I know that there's no possible way Kyle Pitts gets to the Ravens at 27. But yes, Kyle Pitts is my favorite tight end in this class, followed by Brevin Jordan. But Brevin Jordan, I think, checks all the boxes for Lamar Jackson. And then some more depth, center, tackle, edge, wide receiver, all very nice positional needs for Baltimore. So all in all, a very nice mock draft from Brendan Ward. Rousseau is an iffy pick for me in the first round now, but I do like the depth that Brendan has throughout the rest of this mock draft. We're going to head into our final break now, but when we return, we're going to be taking a look at more mock drafts that we got from Twitter, so stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. And we return with our final segment of this Purple Friday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still talking with you here. And we're going to jump into more mock drafts from Twitter here in this final segment. But I do want to give a quick shout out to at jvok28, who commented a mock draft under my mock draft Sunday with 47 players selected for the Baltimore Ravens. It was, it's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. That's almost a full 53-man roster worth of players, and I've been hammering home the fact that, look, I think the Ravens are probably going to trade up in the draft in some scenarios and try to cut down on the draft picks they have. There were so many trades made in this mock draft, 47 total players selected, I'm not going to read out all the players and everything, but it was just unbelievable. But let's get into the mock drafts here, starting off with Bry, who has the Ravens taking Jalen Phillips, the edge at pick 27, Brady Christensen, the offensive tackle at pick 58, and at 104, Andre Sisco, the safety is the selection, Des Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver, is the pick at 131. Terrell Slayton, the interior defensive lineman, is the pick at 171, and at 184, William Bradley King, the edge, is the pick. And finally at 210, Marco Wilson, the cornerback, is the selection. So I talked about Jalen Phillips a bit in the second segment. Phenomenal player. Injury risk, I think, is pretty high with him. He retired once already due to a neck injury, came back, ended up playing really well at the University of Miami. 
But that's something that, you you know, you don't really want to mess with neck injuries, the injury history for him. It's very high, and he's already retired once, so what's to say he's not going to do it again? And obviously, it's his decision, totally. I would totally respect that decision. But do you want to take that risk if you're the Ravens? I think a team will take that risk before the Ravens, to be honest, at pick 27. Brady Christensen, the offensive tackle, I think is a great guy to be a swing guy, but also to be able to be a, a guy who can be mentored by Orlando Brown Jr., assuming he stays, but also someone who can step in if Orlando Brown Jr. does depart before the 2021 season. Andre Sisco, one of my favorite safeties in this class. Dez Fitzpatrick, my favorite receiver in this class. Rashad Bateman's number two for me. And look, guys like Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, I'll, re- I'll re- say what I said and say that they're my favorite receivers for the Ravens because those guys are all phenomenal studs. And then getting an interior defensive lineman, an edge, a corner, great need-based draft here by Bry. Because look, you know, the Ravens, sure, they can take a receiver in the first, take a receiver in the second. I anticipate they do that, but they fill out a need with edge. They then get an offensive tackle who can either sit behind Orlando Brown for a year or step in immediately a safety which is a need then the wide receiver and Des Fitzpatrick I'm kind of biased towards him because I love him but still you know they can get some value in there so I like this draft a lot from Rye because of the value he gets on a lot of different needs and not forcing anything because it is a need Next, we'll take a look at a mock draft from Austin Reno, who has the Ravens taking Gregory Rousseau, the edge from Miami, at pick 27. Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver from LSU, at pick 59. And Donta Smith, the tackle from East Carolina, at pick 103. Then at pick 132, Milton Williams, a defensive lineman from Louisiana Tech, is the selection. And Jonathan Cooper, the edge from Ohio State, is the selection at 171. Tariq Thompson, the safety from San Diego State, is the pick at 182. And finally, at 211, Shamar Jean Charles, the cornerback from Apple. State is the pick. So I did talk about Rousseau a lot earlier, and so I'm not going to spend as much time diving into him here, but my sentiment does remain the same, and the fact that he isn't really a first-round pick for me anymore. I could see the Ravens maybe taking a swing at him in the second if he's still available, but I just think that he needs a ton of development. His pro day wasn't great. He is falling down draft boards, you know, at a very rapid rate, but Terrace Marshall Jr. at 59 is a stud, so maybe if you flip the two, right, if you put Terrace Marshall Jr. at 27 and Gregory Rousseau at 59, hey, this turns into a really nice mock draft, and, you know, it doesn't really matter because the Ravens get both players anyway, either way you flip it, but I do think those two could be a really intriguing top two selections for the Ravens, and then just depth down this thing, you got a tackle, you got defensive lineman, edge, safety, corner, all needs here for the Ravens. The Ravens roster as it is right now, again, a lot of these we're seeing two edge players selected. The Ravens are keeping five edge players on the roster, in my opinion. I think that's what they're going to do. And so taking two edge players with the Ravens already having Pernell McPhee, Tyus Bowser, and Jalen Ferguson, that rounds out the room there. So overall, I do like this draft a lot by Austin. Again, Gregory Rousseau is not the, the best first round value here, but getting Terrace Marshall Jr., in my opinion, does make up for that. And then finishing out the draft with a ton of depth. Next, we'll look at a mock draft from Nick M, who says, I like the Aziz pick a lot. Total Raven did this one today. Got the wide receiver edge, center slash guard, tight end, swing tackle, Roger Washington replacement, and future special teams captain B2. So, 
Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Michigan, is the pick at pick 27. Joseph Asai, the edge from Texas, is the pick at 58, while Quinn Miners, the center from Wisconsin Whitewater, is the pick at 104. At 131, Hunter Long, the tight end from Boston College, is the pick, while Brendan James, the tackle from Nebraska, is the pick at 171. Kobe Whiteside, the defensive lineman from Missouri, is the pick at 184. And Brady Breeze, the state from Oregon, is the selection at 210. So Rashad Bateman, I think, you know, at 27, he's not going to be there. You know, I, that's what I anticipate. But if the mock draft gives it to you, the simulator gives it to you, you take it. So Bateman, I love this pick. Some people think the Ravens can trade back and get Rashad Bateman. Personally, I am in the camp that the Ravens are going to have to trade up for Rashad Bateman. And then following that up with Joseph Asai, Quinn Miners, and Hunter Long, those four picks just fix the Ravens offense and are able to round out the defense with Joseph Asai, which I really like. And then Brendan James is a nice pick there. He's just a nice swing tackle, someone who can learn under Orlando Brown if he's still there for a year. And then getting some nice depth with Brady Breeze, as Nick M calls B2, and Kobe Whiteside there. So overall, I like this mock draft a lot. The combination of Bateman and Asai is a great one-two punch there at 27 and 58. And then the depth. I'm loving the depth in these mock drafts we're getting here because they, the Ravens need it, but they don't need to draft 55 players or 47 in terms of what they actually need on their roster. Finally here, we'll take a look at a mock draft from Brett Gayhart, who says, don't ask me why or how it happened, but I wasn't going to say no to who fell. So I picked 27, Kyle Pitts, the tight end is the selection. Joe Try on the edge is the pick at 58. At 86, Owen Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver, is the pick, while Ben Cleveland, the interior offensive lineman, is the pick at 104. At 107, Tyler Shelvin, the interior defensive lineman, is the pick. And then at 171, Dalen Hayes, the edge, is the selection. Joshy Matterbaby, the wide receiver, is the pick at 184. And Marco Wilson, the cornerback, is the selection at 210. So yeah, you know, Brett, I'm not going to ask you how it happened, but if the mock draft simulator gives it to you, you have to take it. And Kyle Pitts falling to 27, I think would be every Ravens fan dream scenario. I know it's mine, but unfortunately, Kyle Pitts is probably going at the very earliest four to Atlanta. I can see that being a possibility. He's someone who is definitely going to go in that top 10 range. So I think Brevin Jordan is a better fit based off of the actual point the Ravens can get him at because in order to get Kyle Pitts on the roster... Baltimore's probably looking at trading a lot of assets, but the rest of the draft here, Joe Tryon is a nice pick at 58. Amon Ross St. Brown, a good wide receiver. Ben Cleveland, I've talked about before. I like his game. And then getting some nice picks, an interior defensive lineman, another edge, another wide receiver, a cornerback. I don't think another wide receiver is necessary if the Ravens do take one early. Buddy Matterbebe is a very nice prospect. So overall, yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts makes this mock draft an A regardless of what happens throughout the rest of the way. I mean, just a generational talent, someone who is going to be a Hall of Famer, honestly, he's a future Hall of Famer already. I mean, he just is that good. So if the Ravens were to get someone like him, obviously it's a dream scenario, but even if the Ravens don't get Kyle Pitts, they are still going to be just fine. That's all that I have for you today. When we get back here on Monday after our two-day hiatus, we're going to be taking a look at what happened for the Ravens over the weekend, if anything, and another Mock Draft Monday. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.